Hey everybody, this is the Huh Podcast with Garrett, Christian, and Micah, where we want to dive into deeper topics and bridge cultural and societal trends through the lens of scripture. Hey, thanks for coming back here for part two in the discussion about solitude. The question we're looking at is, how does being alone affect our relationship with God? Yeah, and and, and I think solitude... You know, it, we, when we say that word or when we imagine it, and especially for extroverts, they would probably think this. We think of like going into a dark room and shutting the door and not seeing daylight, right? Like <laughs> it's almost almost like a yeah. It, it, solitude is a mentality, uh, and it's a spiritual mentality of, of you know being and, and and there is a physical aspect. You you really need to try to be alone, you know, in some regard. Like like Jesus, you can practice solitude with people around, but Jesus separated himself from the disciples. Even if it was still in distance of being able to see them, he couldn't hear their conversation. He wasn't in, in their, you know, discussions. He was alone. One of the ways that you can do that practically is using times that you're already in solitude to focus on Christ and make that your time of solitude. Mm-hmm. You know, driving, if you've got a commute of longer than... 30 seconds like you can have a moment of solitude where where you don't turn on the radio you turn you know as best as you can you turn the ac off or any noise and, and really just focus and talk to god you know gary talked about the prayer of intentions a couple weeks spending moments where you're intentionally talking to god god here's what i'm struggling with well first god i adore you <laughs> you know god mm-hmm. i love you for who you are for what you've done for me Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's something that's been going great, and I thank you for that blessing, God. And you can really spend time that you're that you're in solitude. If you if you're if you're paying attention to that times that you're in solitude, we may not often um, intentionally use them to spend time with God, but you can. When I started here for four months, I commuted every weekend, and so it, not every weekend, but but a lot of times I. Well, I'm weird, so I drive like with no audio anyway. If I'm not listening to a podcast, it's like dead silent in my car. So, like, if you ever oh, ride, you never have a jam fest in your car. Like, not really. I mean, like, if like my lame, so like here's bro. the thing, like if if I'm if me and my wife are going somewhere, she'll do that. Yeah. And like I'll and I'll like I'll get with it and like I'll jam out. But like if it's just me, like well, I might music might not get turned on. I one up you. I, I listen to instrumental music that has no words because yeah. I. I create a movie in my head while I'm listening to the music. Yeah, I would have done that before. Yeah, I would have kept that. To I like myself. that. Uh, no, but but you know, I, like I'm kind of weird anyway. Like I'm not a huge m- music fanatic. Like I'm not like you know whatever. So I would drive, and there was countless times where my trip, I might be in the middle of a paper, and we having a big an event that weekend. You know, I've got between a rock and a hard place of of school and um, real world ministry. And I'll just be like, man, God, I'm worn out. Like, you know, and, and so that two and a half hour, three hour drive was a time I just spent with God in solitude. And, you know, you know, you'd be like, that drive probably took, it felt like it took forever. Mm-hmm. Those drives were by far the fastest mentally. Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm already here. Like, yeah. and it was dead silent in my car. If anyone just popped in my car for just a second, they'd be like, why is it so quiet <laughs> in here? And uh, of course, I talked to myself. So I would actually talk out loud sometimes. So, uh, I mean, I'm pretty weird. But, yeah. but, you know, you can. You can intentionally make uncontrollable solitude times, you know, times that you're alone anyway, times in the shower. I mean, you know, like times like that, you can spend time with God, and those can be moments of solitude where you're just trying to be filled up with God. And I I think what you're talking about really ties into um, Mark chapter 6, where Jesus sends the 12 out. You know, he, he... 
gives them a mission. He commissions them and says, I, it, I want you to go out. I want you to drive out demons. I want you to heal people. I want you to tell people who I am. And that happens in, in Mark chapter 12, uh, 7 through 13. And then they come back to him. It takes, there's a little interlude where you find out what's happening with John the Baptist. And, and essentially, this part of the book is, is kind of the end of Act 1 within the Gospel of Mark. And then you come into Mark chapter 6, verse 30, and the disciples come back to Jesus, and they're like, hey, Jesus, look, we did this, we did this, we, we've been telling everyone about you, we've been healing in your name, we've been doing all this great stuff, and Jesus is listening to it, and he's, he's hearing what goes on, and then he, he says, oh, that's awesome, that's great, that's great, go be by yourself. Yeah. In, in verse 31, he says, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. Okay, that's a hugely important part of solitude. And, and a lot of times, especially extroverts, but I think, like even me personally, we have so much going on in our lives and we think, I'm doing this right now, I have this coming up, I, I'm, I'm focused on doing this, and it could all be good things that are kingdom-oriented purposes. And we get so bogged down in the doing that we don't take time to have God pour into us. Mm-hmm. And, and if we don't, if we don't remind ourselves that, if we don't remind ourselves that Jesus called us to be still, and we think that he's only calling us to go, 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 then we're not going to be ready for yeah. the going because we don't, don't we haven't been charged up yeah. by him. And interestingly enough, immediately after this event, when Jesus tells them to go away by ourselves, that's when they feed the 5,000. Yeah. And so he knows, you know. He knows what's coming up and they need to be rested. And we have to be rested and we yeah. have to take time to draw into him. When beforehand. I was in uh, college... You went to college? I went to college. Dude, that's crazy. College. I made it four years into college. <laughs> so when I was in college, one of the coolest things we did, we had a spiritual formations class, and we talked about solitude. And so I love the examples Micah gave. I think you need to find daily things and, mm. and even things you're already doing and use those as solitude within your own schedule because I know it gets crazy, but you can still find solitude yeah. within every single day. Yeah. One of the things, and I have not done this since, and maybe I, I, I need to do this one day again. Our professor, uh, one of our assignments were that we had to go to a monastery hmm. and spend a 24-hour period in solitude. Wow. So you went, you couldn't talk to anybody, you didn't bring Whoa. your phone, your laptop. Huh. You just you could bring you books. Bu- yeah, you could bring say, books. books. And, um, you read a lot in that 24-hour period, didn't actually, you? It was it was interesting when I went. So one, the monastery was creepy as heck. Uh, we got there like late at night, and I went with another student, but we separated. Once you get there, they have different rooms for you. And where did I, you go? Like what monastery? So there's one in oh, I don't even know where it was. It was like it's, so it's in between. It's like right outside of Campbellsville. I, huh. I don't know if it's technically Marion really? County. I think it might be. Is it a Christian monastery? It's a, yeah, Catholic one. Huh. Uh, and so we go there, and there's these nuns there there's yeah. uh you know it's like an old schoolhouse. but once you get past the creepiness of the way the <laughs> building looks and you're staying above a bunch of these nuns it was just an awesome 24 hours and so we get there and you know part of the being in solitude is rest and i'm sure we'll talk about rest as one of the spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. soon but just the being by myself you know i, I was able to read i was able to uh, just think I was able to rest and sleep and get energized from just a busy semester. Uh, But I just remember the solitude of going out, and it's not necessarily, like you said, locking yourself in a room, but this monastery had a beautiful, like, nature trails that you could walk Mm. on. And maybe solitude for you 
Maybe you're somebody who's really active and can't sit still. Maybe nature for you looks like, you know, I was able to go out and I was able to walk and I was able to go on these trails and I was able to walk in the woods. Uh, you know, people do that for their solitary. You know, like even guys who hunt, uh, some yeah. of their best solitary time is in a deer stand. I'm not a hunter, but uh, I do love nature. I do love hiking. And in college, some of my best solitary time was taking trips to the lake by myself. Uh, hammocking I'd hang up my Eno by myself and so if you're one of those people who being in a room by yourself creeps you out yeah uh, I would encourage you to take the time to you know if, especially if you're a nature person go out on a hike uh, go out if you're a golfer go and golf by yourself have you guys ever golfed by yourself yeah I have it is yeah. Awesome. I actually did it um for this class that I'm at, I was in last semester for my master's that we we had to have a day where we did a retreat similar to that yeah. what you did. Only we weren't required to go to a monastery. That would have been um, And since there was so much stuff with um, COVID going on at the time, I couldn't go to any kind of state park or retreat center or anything like that. So I, I told the lady, the the person that was in charge of my retreat, I said, I'm just going to go golfing. And she said, that was fine. And so I played golf, played 18 holes. And every hole, on as I went from – as I walked, because I walked, I didn't drive the cart. And every time I walked to my ball, I prayed. And every time I walked from green to uh, to uh, tee box, I prayed. And, I pray every just, time I hit my yeah. ball too. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it was, I, I have it was to so pray cool. after, so I don't that say anything too. bad. <laughs> yeah. But it was really cool. It's it no, an interesting awesome. experience just to actively, as I was doing something, be yeah. steeped in prayer. And that's yeah. good. Don't feel like it has to be a miserable experience like it shouldn't be if it creeps you out to be locked inside a room like i think you should at least you know maybe you should try it sometime yeah i mean i don't know if i would recommend doing that your first time because you may never do it again but after doing it a while or practicing it it may be interesting to say well i've done it when i was at the weight room and I just put in headphones and didn't, you know, I just spent time on yeah. And I think that's I might the try to do it with nothing around me. Mm-hmm. I think that's the important, you know, we see the necessity of solitude in Scripture. I mean, Jesus talks about it. We see it with prophets and men, men of God in the Old Testament. But how do we apply that today? How, how do we engage in solitude today in a way that is... <laughs> Put, put the phone up yeah. for one. Yeah, for uh, sure. Put the phone up. I don't know. I don't. I think it'd be impossible to be in solitude, and and that's what I mean by solitude is not necessarily in person, but solitude from any communication mm-hmm. with the outside world, so to speak. But but focusing and 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 as you get better with solitude, those moments are look different. You like I was saying, you might be able to go to the 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 gym and be able to weight lift or or run on the treadmill, or whatever, and there'll be people all around you. But because you you can separate mentally and spiritually from those people, you can really focus in on Christ. You can practice solitude around people, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's 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 a it's a discipline, right? It's a practice. It's not easy. It's not something that you're like I'm going to practice it this afternoon. I'm going to do it for one hour. I can guarantee you, you're going to struggle. You, you're probably going to pick up your phone and be like, oh, I wonder what. Oh no, put that. You know, and mm-hmm. you, you might get distracted. Mm-hmm. You might kind of say, or you might even be sitting there thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner later. You know, your mind might start to wander, and it's a it's a discipline, it's a practice. I'm not that good at it. I try to I try to take some moments in my day and, and really focus on Christ, and I'll find myself oh we got a text let's see what it mm-hmm. is you know and it distracts us. So yeah. we have to really be centered on Christ in those moments. It'd be cool if you could get like a, a lock box that had a timer on it. Yeah, you put your phone in the lock box yeah. and you set a timer and it won't open or, for thirty minutes. Or put the wrong passcode in repeatedly. And get it to so where it's like it's a thirty minute like lock. Yeah, you're like I can't get it. 
Hopefully you don't <laughs> have an emergency in those be, moments. Yeah, that'd but, be really rough um, too. If you, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and you know, we Garrett talked about this earlier, and this is something I wanted to mention is is he talked about the disciples and how Jesus told him, All right, now go rest because he knew it was coming up next. You look at Jesus' life, right? If you look at the life of Jesus, we see, you know, he's um, uh, prophesied. You know, he's going to come. The mm-hmm. one is going to come. John the Baptist talks about him. One's going to come that I'm not fit to wash, to, to touch his feet, you know, touch his sandals. Uh, he's going to baptize with, with, I baptize with water. He's going to baptize with, with the spirit, with fire. And you see the life of Jesus. Then he's born. Then you, you see just an inkling of his adolescence, uh, really just the temple where he goes to the Luke. temple and, 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 and his parents quote unquote lose him. He wasn't really lost but they just yeah. didn't know where he was i guess that's the definition of lost but he but anyway, wasn't lost yeah but. he wasn't lost he was where he intended to be he was in solitude with 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 god yeah. and so we see that life and then the next thing we see we see his adult life and before his ministry his 3 years of 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 full time traveling ministry begin he spends in solitude mm. he goes on a fast and in this looks we see this in Luke 4 it says, uh, cha- uh, chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, uh, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. First of all, understatement of the year. Didn't <laughs> eat for 40 days. Yeah, he was hungry. I haven't eaten Super for like hungry. 12 hours. No, it's not. It's been like 15 hours, and I'm losing my mind over here. <laughs> no. Um, but Jesus goes in solitude. He spends these 40 days, 40 days, bro, 40 days. That's a long time. And he's in solitude. Of course, he's being tempted, but he's in, he's by himself. He's in solitude with God. He's fasting and he is bathing his life in prayer. He is constantly in communication with God. And he uses another spiritual discipline. When he's tempted by Satan, every time he's tempted, he quotes scripture. Yeah. So he's even meditating on scripture. We, I'm sure he has more than just those three moments, but we get the recording of those three moments where he's literally meditating on scripture to get him through this time of trial, to grow his faith yeah. deeper and deeper. And it's important to remember, Jesus was fully God, but he was fully human. Mm-hmm. He was fully human. He had flesh. He, he had desires. Tempted. He had. He, he was tempted. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He had to go to the bathroom. I don't know what those would look like <laughs> after like even two or three days of fasting. I don't know what bathroom breaks would look I like. I think it's... <laughs> but uh, I can imagine they would be different than normal because you haven't eaten. So, you know, yeah. It's important to did, note, did too. Did Jesus that... poop? <laughs> 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 Uh, you know, but but it's important. We we do have to understand before Jesus entered into his, you know, he he was doing ministry. His he was in the ministry of preparation up until the moment where he left the desert. But in those moments of the desert was when he was in his you know most trying time at that point where we're looking at he was being tempted um, ferociously by Satan. He was hungry. And he was alone, and he really leaned in on God there. And we see the we see the fruits of that relationship as he leaves the desert and goes yeah. just dives straight into ministry. Well, it's important to note too. I think a lot of times because we know Jesus as God, we don't realize that he was man. That he yeah, fully sure. encapsulated what it meant to be human. And you know that means that when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, you know. It's very likely, it's possible that Satan came in the flesh, but it's really likely that 
Satan wasn't physically there. Right. That he right. just Jesus felt these temptations on a personal Boy, that rock looks good. Level. I could turn yeah. it into bread. Yeah. And so yeah. when it says, you know, Satan led Jesus yeah. there, it wasn't really Satan putting a noose around Jesus and dragging him from yeah. behind. It was more that Jesus went because he was tempted to do it and he was really struggling with that internal battle of oh man do i do this do i don't do this like 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 he took himself there because the adversary of god wanted him to do that tact against god right and so the way that jesus combated that wasn't simply by you know being divine and casting it down um with a with hellfire and brimstone, but by being still, being in solitude and drawing strength from the Father mm-hmm. in that in that experience. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Michael, we had a uh, you know we're talking about solitude and you know I think there's a lot of good that will come out of this podcast. Uh, if we put these things into practice, yeah, uh, and just thinking about the everyday things. Are we going to a monastery? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> We're going to a monastery, boys. <laughs> uh, no, I, I did want to down honestly. Like that, hey, that sounds kind of fun to me. But there's, there's all there's some in Bardstown. There's there's some sweet ones that we could do. Uh, I would like to do even just a, a vacation one, like go to the beach. And being solitude on the beach just seems a lot better. Be just lit. don't drive to yeah. Florida. But I was thinking if we're, you know before. You wrap it up, Micah. You had mentioned, you know, we had a hum moment. Uh, and kind of the hum moment for me was, was thinking, like, how long can someone survive in solitary confinement? And, <laughs> and, you know, we're not thinking, you know, like in prison, you know, that's that's an issue. And uh, But, like, in true solitary confinement, Micah mentioned a story of a guy who was oh, yeah. shipwrecked. Yeah, so this guy, basically, I, and I'm struggling to remember, like, what country. It was off of a European... I'll say Eurasian country because it was one of those. Was it Nigeria? Yeah, I just okay, found so, the story. So African country, yep. correct? Yeah. So okay, so you found it. Yeah. Uh, so you can correct any details that I miss. Basically, this is a. It was an oil, an area that was rich in oil deposits, and so these massive tankers, uh, these massive drills would go out and drill, and so these um, these smaller boats would escort these. You know, tankers or drills or whatever back to shore to to deposit the oil and stuff. I I, told, I may have just totally butchered how they process the harvesting of oil. <laughs> um, but anyway, basically, this guy was on one of the tugboats, was what it was, and it was a crew. He was actually the chef of the crew. He was the chef and he was the cook. And so this, what they would do. So there's a lot of pirates in that area. So what they would do is they would have to lock themselves in their cabins at night. So when they would go to sleep, they would lock themselves from the inside. They'd have a key, they'd lock themselves in. And so what? it was a big wave basically came and capsized the boat. And so it knocked the boat over. The boat started taking on water. The, oh, I saw yeah, that. And, and that. so the other, the other crew members were able to get to an escape hatch. And, of course, they're in the middle of this frigid water. Mm. Um, and... They, you know, they they were some of them were able to escape, but I think a lot of them died. Even All of them though they died except him, yeah. Said, so yeah. even though even though they escaped out of the boat, they still died because they're out in open water, right? And so this guy goes. He's trying to. He woke up to go to the bathroom. Is how he woke up. And when he went to open his door, the water flooded in, and so he started making his way down the hall. He ended up in one of the bathrooms. On the way, he was getting hurt, he bumping into walls. You know, he's getting slung around because the boat was sinking at mm. this moment. 
boat gets imagine to the bottom. listening to the boat sing yeah. as you're oh, in the middle. Gosh. I can't, oh. yeah. I can't imagine and any so of this. so this guy gets into one of the bathrooms. There's a big air pocket. So he that's where he kind of just camps for a little bit. Eventually, the boat hits the, the ocean floor. It settles. And, of course, I'm sure he would feel that and, and, and know, okay, it's it's done moving. And and it also talks about, you said that. Which is He crazy. said it also talked about, it was there almost three days. I think it was just short of 72 hours. Uh, they said like two and a half days after, from like when it wrecked to when he got rescued. Mm-hmm. And he it talks about how he heard the boat yeah. creaking and it just was so creepy. And he, oh, he also it talked about how he heard the fish feeding on, on the, bodies. the bodies of the other people oh, and he could hear gosh. the sounds and so he was oh, just gosh. going through this brutal torture basically yeah. and he's solitary he's by himself there's no one else alive and so basically he he moves himself to the the captain's quarters or, or another area and, and you know he's staying down there and, and we got you got to note that you know he's on the bottom of the ocean but he has air he has air, air yeah bubble. yeah and yeah. He, there's a big air pocket in the room it was like five cubic feet or whatever which you can survive on for like two and a half days and so he's there and it actually said excuse me I had a sneeze it actually said <laughs> he peeled off some of the walling of the boat somehow or another and made like a little raft that he sat on because he would have got yeah. hypothermia. His body was literally freezing. So at least his waist up was above water. His lower half would be still in contact with water, but he was up above the water a little bit. So he's, he's literally in dark too. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's the other thing. It's pitch black. He's, I mean, he's hundreds of feet below the depth, the, the, the ocean. Uh, and so it's pitch black. He is in solitude. You know, it, it, I just can't even imagine that feeling of just like, I mean, you just know you're going to die, and you just have to suffer yeah. through it. Ultimately, a, a shipwreck, a diving crew comes. And when they first wrecked, they sent a crew, but they didn't have the deep diving equipment. Yeah. So they looked for signs of life. They actually knocked on the hull of the boat, and he knocked back, but it was so thick they couldn't hear him. Yeah. So like that moment of like, oh, I'm safe, and then, now I'm not. Oh, yeah. man. A group came back with the deep diving equipment. They were just going to salvage what they could. They, they had assumed everyone was dead. And to get the bodies. They were going to get the bodies. Which I think had been eaten by fish. Uh, as parts of them. So this guy, one of the divers, is, is, talks about the account. The divers going through, and he goes to grab one of the bodies, but the body grabs back, and oh, it was that, that guy. And he, scary. you know, it's pitch black. I'm sure they had some sort of light, but it was so dark. And so this guy, the the control worker up above, they have a camera, and he's watching this happen. And the guy up top is talking about how he's yelling, "He's alive! He's alive!" And so they were able to get this guy, but it wasn't that simple. They had to basically put him in a pressure chamber for like two more days mm. so that the pressure from where he was yeah. back to above water, would it would probably have killed him had they just brought him back up above water. Yeah. Uh, so just this crazy series of events this guy goes through. And for basically two and a half days, he's underwater alone. There's no one around. And then he goes gets to the surface, and then he gets put in a pressure chamber for like two more days and and so i just can't imagine those almost a week of just being alone and just so Mm. foot filled with fear what was cool though could imagine it that guy jonah well well (laughs) so what was cool about this was that guy uh it did talk about in the video that he was religious and it talked about how he prayed and thought about his family it didn't go into what religion he was but but we'll say christian we'll say he was a christian right and and just that that 
you know, I don't know what else, if I was put in a situation, I would pray for what's two and a half days, 48, 60 hours straight. I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine being alone like that for that long of a time in that situation. Um, and it's crazy. And yeah, you know, Garrett's right. Jonah. Well, that, Jonah and has that's a little what, bit about that. You, know, you talk about that. And it, it, that's what made me think, you know. Did I miss any details, Christian? No, I think that was, you did great on that story. Thanks, man. Thanks. What, what was it like for, for Jonah? You know, he was. Where do, where do you find Jonah's story? Is it in, in a book? In, or? in the book of. What book is it? <laughs> book of Jonah. Oh, Jonah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jonah, that's right. Jonah's kind of opposite of the disciples, if you think about how the disciples, Jesus told them to go, and they excitedly went, and then they came back, and Jesus said, okay, now you got to be still. It's the opposite, where God told Jonah to go, and he said, I'm not going, and God pulled him and said, no, you got to be still first in order to sit and listen to what I'm trying to get you to do. Was he really still, though? Well. Because wouldn't the fish boom been moving? <laughs> he was stuck. I mean, he couldn't do anything but pray. Yeah, you're right. I'm just And I'm so, just... you know, in, in Jonah chapter 2, you have this prayer, which is really the only piece of prophetic oracle within the entire book, which is, you know, an interesting point. But um, he, he prays, and he says, I called to the Lord my distress, and he answered me. I cried out for help. From deep inside Sheol, you heard my voice. You threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, and in the currents overcame me. All your breakers and billows swept over me. But I said I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. And he goes on, and basically the point he's saying is, God, you forced me to be in this position. And sometimes we need that. We need God to force us into stillness, to force us into solitude. And when we finally get to that point where we're like at our most anguish time, most deepest time of anguish, where we just feel as if everything's crashing over us, that we're stuck without anywhere to move, that's where we say, I will look once more to your holy temple. I will look and feel your presence. I will cry out and feel your comfort around me, even though I'm in the pit of this despair. And um, Jonah says in verse 7, as my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. And I think that's the point of solitude, that as we feel that things are slipping away from us, as we feel as if we're stuck, or maybe you know we just had the most exciting time of our life, we have to take time to decompress. We have to take time to be still, to leave everything that's going on in the world behind, good, bad, ugly, whatever it may be, and simply be in the presence of God and be recharged, be lifted back up, be set where he wants us to be so that we can focus more on his will, on his holy temple, on on being in his presence and, and doing his will. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that, you know, you find time to engage in solitude. Whoever's listening to this, I, it might be tough. If you're an extrovert, you might have to step out of your comfort zone. If you're an introvert, it might be natural to you. But whatever it takes, be conscious about stepping out and taking time simply to just just be with you and God. R- remove distractions. Remove your computer. Remove your phone, TV. Um, take your children and put them in another room, whatever it takes to have some solitude and just pray and let that time alone 
be a time where you reorient yourself in focusing on God, on focusing on the temple, on focusing on being in his presence. I hope I hope that that is a spiritual discipline that you choose to engage in because it's one that Christ calls us to be in. I'm going to close us with a word of prayer after doing this study, and I, I hope that I hope that you're moved by it, that you've enjoyed our time um, and discussion. We know, I, we always enjoy it, um, but let's close with a word of prayer, as we always do. Father God, thank you for the discussion. Thank you for your word that moves us and teaches us and guides us in how we need to reorient ourselves in facing you. God, help us to follow the commands that your son gave us follow the practices that he exemplified and choose to take time to simply be still and draw near to you and and be close to you and grow in you. God, help us to feed our spirit with more of you and to, to not be bogged down by what's going on in the world. God, give us the strength and and the the will to go and reach your people, but help us to know that It's all for naught if we're not filled by you continually by being still and allowing you to move within us. God, thank you for pouring out your spirit from the cross and for the lengths that you went through in order to make that possible. We love you so much, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.